Pod Pod. Hello and welcome to Pod Pod, your guide to the craft and business of podcasting. I'm Adam Shepherd. I'll be filling in for Rihanna as host while she's taking some time off following her operation, and we wish her all the best for a speedy recovery. Today, we're going to be talking about creativity in podcast advertising. But first, I'm joined this week by our regular contributors, Reem McCurry and Gideon Spanier. Hello, Hello. guys. Hi. Now, Gideon, Last week, you came to PodPod's Podcast Growth Summit in London. Uh, As an outside observer, what were your main takeaways from the event? I think one of the most important things I took away, Adam, was from the diary of a CEO, that uh, Stephen Bartlett direct messages journalists on Instagram to promote the podcast. So I thought that was a key, key thing, and I think... None of us, Reem, Adam, or I, have yet received a DM from Stephen Barlett, so we're doing something wrong. Not yet. Maybe at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we had a... I think it was... A, there was a lot of... I think an understanding that, you know, if you can find a USP, and there is always a USP, for creating a podcast, that there is a community out there. Don't try and copy. And then, you know... Also, think long-term because it takes time to build a community. And we heard that, for example, from the National Trust. Um, I found it a really inspiring event. And, yeah, Reem, how did you find it? Oh, I thought it was great. I mean, a lot of the sessions that I was doing on stage, I kind of don't remember just because I was on stage and I had to just go on auto mode. Um, Many of the speakers that I was speaking to afterwards said that they either stayed for the entire conference after their session or they were there from the beginning because even though they're experienced, they also wanted to learn and see what other people are saying. So I thought that was really great that they were finding it useful as well. Um, And then the other attendees that I was speaking to during the networking breaks um, said that they all found it useful. Although a lot of the speakers were coming from big brands or big companies, a lot of their advice was still applicable to independents. So they were able to take that in for their own podcast. So um, I hope that they all found it useful. And I very much enjoyed it. Mm. One of the biggest things that I've certainly observed about podcasting is that it feels like no matter how long you've been doing it and how successful uh, you are or your podcast is no one is really a hundred percent certain what they're doing everyone is kind of feeling it out as they go uh, which is partly because it's such a rapidly evolving medium but it's always interesting to to see that in action and to to see how eager everyone in the podcast is to to learn and develop their own skills. So there was an interesting session about advertising in the afternoon and one of the speakers there was Libby Foster, who's client and client planning and client lead at the Seven Stars Media Agency. One of the things that she was talking about is it is quite hard to generate significant revenue from podcasts, from advertising, but there are cases where they are some really big deals. She didn't name the celebrity, but there was a celebrity-backed deal which was worth £400,000. And that for an unnamed brand, that was that generated a bit of an intake of breath all around the room. And I think one of the things that was really key about the whole of podcasting is, and it, where it does link to advertising, is it is partly about marketing. If you, You've got to get that podcast out to a big audience. Uh, we had... Becca Newson, who is head of podcasts from Carver PR, 
just talking about all of the sort of tricks, if you like, to get your podcast noticed, tailoring it for journalists like us, visuals, the power or or not of using video assets and for certain audiences, absolutely key. All of these things were super interesting and you could see a lot of the audience leaning forward because this is absolutely key. You want to build and grow your audience and these are special skills which are slightly different from how do I make a great podcast? It's how do I market a great podcast? Well, on that subject, this week we're talking to Charles Parkinson and Ashley Samuels McKenzie, the co-founders of creative marketing agency Unity and Motion and the hosts of hit marketing podcast How I Became. The agency has worked with clients including Tesco, Harrods and Chanel and the pair have interviewed a who's who of top marketing talent on the podcast. Rihanna and I sat down with them to find out all about creativity in advertising, the role of storytelling, and why advertisers need to be making more inventive use of audio soundscapes. Charles and Ashley, welcome to PodPod. How are you both? Great, thank you. Good. Thank Excellent. I'm really enjoying your background. It's very <laughs> colourful and beautiful. Where are you? I am in my daughter's bedroom. <laughs> it's gorgeous. <laughs> I was hoping that was going to be the answer. <laughs> um, so we are we're kind of we're talking about several different things in today's podcast because you guys you have your own podcast, but we've also we want to talk to you about your kind of expertise in creativity in audio advertising and full disclosure I I'm the layman in this very much this is not a world that I know particularly well the sort of advertising space so I might have to get you to explain certain things and break them down and first of all I quite want you to break down the difference between what a uh, sort of normal media agency is versus a creative media agency which is what you guys do oh good question yeah Creative media agency uh, gets creative and makes the creative cool stuff that everybody sees. And uh, media agency puts the creative cool stuff that we make out there in the world so other people can see it. Mm. Would that be a very simple way of explaining it? That's a really great. So can you give us like a sort of a real life example of that? Yes, although I'm now taking one of those pauses that um, our producer said we could take while I think of a, a good answer. <laughs> I would say if for a brand, they'd approach the creative agency to think of, all right, we want this, we want to build a campaign, we want it to look this way, we want it to have this feel. The creative agency then does the storyboard, does the ideation, creates this fun, wacky ad then goes to the media agency and says, we need this to be put in places that the right audience are going to see it. Be that billboards, be that phone boxes or bus stops, be that on certain channels where a key audience is going to be watching a certain show. Right away, I'd I'd like to, to dig into this a little bit because we've already heard quite a few bits of phrasing around visual senses you know look see things being in front of people you guys obviously have a, a very successful marketing podcast yourself but most of the the work that unity in motion 
uh, seems to have done seems to be primarily visual and you know you seem to be quite visual in terms of the way that you guys think about advertising why is that is that just something that's kind of baked into advertising's dna more than kind of audio is I think so. I guess if you look, yeah, look at the history for a long time, as soon as video came into being, the, the visual element has dominated in a big way. And it's quite interesting with podcasts and how popular they are now. It's like audio is coming back in a way um, since the day of, of radio ads and uh, and uh, radioing before TV existed. So um, it's quite an interesting time for that. And people really love to sit on a tube, sit in the car, do the washing, go on a run and listen, uh, which has sort of really helped with this, you know, world of, um, of audio. But and then when you combine the two, like we've done on a podcast with great visuals, you know, we shoot them in 4K, very high res, good production values. We think about the set design and great audio and something that's also great just to listen to. It's quite an interesting combination. Because that's a conversation we have a lot on PodPod about this sort of, this marrying of the two worlds. We thought, okay, great podcast. I just have to listen to this. And now, of course, they're becoming ever more visual. And as you've proven, there's a, there's a reason behind that. But Ashley, do you think that that is something that other podcasts are able to do well just by visualizing their podcast is that all they need to do why do you think that your version of that has become so successful okay good question i think that it certainly does help to have that visual element because again in this world it allows you to then be able to put these clips of your podcast on different platforms different social media that can hold attention but i think that there also is a difference between having a few cameras on people just sitting in a studio to looking at how you're going to place your guest, what's the distance, how's the lighting, what's in the background, do you have plants, do you have books, do you have windows or different elements that can really then hold someone's attention. Because in this day and age, as we all know, you get, it was five seconds, it's probably more like three seconds to yeah. catch someone and hook them. And that could be the difference between between someone using that thumb to flick and never seeing your content again to following, subscribing, sharing, following the links that you've set and becoming an advocate for the podcast or the content that you're creating. How do you think that translates the kind of the person who is watching that a clip on social media to listening to your podcast? Hmm. I think, well, in one, in one side of it, if someone sees you visually, then they can almost build a connection to you in some way. And if they come across you in a different space, then they'll be like, hey, I've seen your podcast. I know who you are. Whereas when it's just audio, you're a little bit more mysterious because they don't get to see the full you. They just get to hear your voice. So I feel like that's that's the key difference of, of kind of why the visual element can be important or useful in marketing a podcast like ours. Do you feel that marketers see podcasting as equal to visual mediums in terms of creativity and that ability to use creative in the medium to make a, a larger splash personally i feel like it's massively underused by by brands massively underused because what we've experienced through our podcast is that there's a lot of people that have a lot of insight into how 
brands work, how the whole processes work behind things that don't often get to share their outside of their organizations and people that may already know. And when you look at some of these ads, the Christmas ads, for instance, that are usually, you know, quarter of a million, some of them, the budget is to create these things. Just a small percentage of that put into sound, put into thinking of how can we show some more insight into how this is put together or how we care or our, our joy around creating a Christmas ad could go a really long way in connecting people with that brand at a deeper level of understanding the mecha- the mechanics behind how these things um, come into being. Mm. So looking at sound design, things like sort of you know, Foley effects, you know, Christmas would seem to be a really rich vein for that kind of creative sound design. You know, you've got things like the Christmas crackers and the paper hat and, you know, a nice wood fire going. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It seems like it's tailor-made for that, that sort of creative scene setting. And yet few brands seem to have put much energy into exploring it do you think that there's some maybe some education work to be done with brands around the power of podcasting i mean everyone has watched tv has seen a film has seen billboards all of this stuff is baked into all of our daily experiences whether we want to or not podcasting still isn't even close to being there yet in terms of familiarity do you think that's is that part of why there's not been as much sort of embracing of the kind of creative potential of, of audio? I certainly think there needs to be, or there could be more education to, to prove the business case, as is often the case, of podcasting and audio in general and how that can push a brand. I recall seven, eight, almost 10 years ago now when Charles and I set up Unity in Motion, we had to speak to a lot of people about the importance of consistent video content. Mm. Whereas now that is a given for any brand, but it does often take the bigger organizations a bit more time to clock on to the trends and to think about how they can utilize them in the best way moving forwards. It's very similar now when you see the amount of people that are saying that you need to be on TikTok, right? (laughs) And slowly we'll see more and more brands kind of adopt that and utilize it. But at the moment, they're kind of a lot of them are looking at it like we don't understand it. We don't know how our strategy can fit. Charles, we we spoke recently on the podcast to Vicky Handley and Ed Couchman, and they were sort of really in agreement that host red ads seemed to be just the most successful approach because they could control them a bit. They could um, make, they were tailor-made to the host's passions is that something that you agree with? Have you have you ever kind of worked with an individual podcast host on a on a read that has like more creativity perhaps than just a straight read? Well, the, this the unique thing about podcasting is with their audience, they build this really meaningful connection. I think just like uh, people would with YouTubers, you become a part of someone's weekly routine, especially if it's a weekly podcast. And they they sort of start to build that person into their lives. You know, Monday morning, I listen to this podcast, I listen to this person, or Wednesday morning. And so there's a unique relationship there. And so when the host reads something, it has just an immeasurable amount more power, I think, than than an ad um, that's not read by them because of that relationship that's been built, which is extremely unique, especially if the host is 
you know, is themselves and a personality as opposed to, you know, maybe um, it's a, a stories podcast or something. So um, I think that's what brands and, and people wanting to advertise on podcasters, podcasts can can utilize is that unique relationship between the the host and the the um the audience yeah i was thinking about this kind of element as well and you know these days it seems like we can be much more likely to purchase a product or to follow up on something when that advertisement resonates with ourselves our values of some aspect of our lives you know i even created an example here Introducing Smoothies Cocoa Butter, the newest product in our range, guaranteed to give you smooth skin and a shinier forehead. <laughs> Compared to something such as... I tried a number of different products on my journey to smooth and radiant skin. It wasn't until I came across Smoothies Cocoa Butter that I found it gave me a long-lasting radiant glow I didn't know existed until the first time I used this product. You know, there's a real contrast in terms of how how you can connect with someone and kind of showcase... And support what you feel about this product. That, that was fantastic. Fun. <laughs> Let's have another one. That was good. Yeah, come on. <laughs> By the way, Ash is available for voiceover for hire. Um, and I'm not even joking. Ash is a voiceover artist. Well, um, so if, if you want him for your latest, well, it's too late for Christmas, Easter campaign. Easter campaign. Uh, let Ash know. <laughs> well, speaking of which, actually, I wanted to ask about your kind of commercial strategy around the podcast because we've spoken to a number of people about using podcasts as a sort of indirect sales tool and using it to bring more bring more clients or potential partners into a a kind of wider business Obviously, your guest list for uh, How I Became is a who's who of top marketing and advertising industry talent. Have you parlayed that into any kind of uh, any deals or partnerships with any of the uh, guests that have been on your show? I tell you what has happened: a, a brand, an agency found us through TikTok. And they're a PR agency, mm. and they said, "We love your podcast. We'd like to get some of our clients on your show. Let's have a meet." So we said, "Sure." So we have a we meet up. We go for breakfast at Soho House. We get chatting, and we tell them about us and what we do, and we explain that um, we have uh, our production company, and they so they get to know about that side of the business. Anyway, fast forward a little bit, and they say, "Well, we're going to be." Um, at this uh, industry event and we need a production company because we can't really do this in-house. Would you be able to do it for us? And, um, and we said, yeah. So it's, um, it led to paid project um, through the podcast, which is quite interesting. And um, so that's one example of how something like that has, has happened. We kind of talked about this a little bit um, when we were talking about DOAC and do you learn from the people that you're speaking to? Do you sort of take those lessons on in your business? I would say that, yeah, definitely. There's elements of what our guests share that are really helpful nuggets, really insightful ways of looking at things. And even with one of our guests, Taban, she came she came from such a challenging situation and had such a humility. I always think now if I'm in a challenging situation, she can get through what she's got through 
I can get through mm. this. So I think it has been highly inspirational to be able to talk to these people and hear hear a lot about it because oftentimes a lot of people that kind of let's say reach CEO ship are going are going through some really heavy stuff in their personal lives and they're telling us how they held it together on the front end while they're then kind of recuperating in the back end in their quieter moments of family or friends going through some really tough times. So Taban is someone who Phil Thomas, um, CEO of Essential, introduced us to, who he invited her to Can Lions um, before and said she'd be a great guest to share. What's Can Lions? Can Lions is the biggest creative industry festival in Europe. There are other great festivals <laughs> that we like too. Um <laughs> Just thought I should Just say that. Just not in the south of France. <laughs> yeah, say it. But it's massive and it's great fun. And there's yachts and beach cl- beach clubs. And you feel like you're on holiday. Mm. I remember walking down the beach um, front with Ash this year. And I said, I feel like I'm on holiday. You know, we're deciding where we're going to go out. We're bumping into people in the street. And um, it's a great time. It's like Comic-Con for marketers. I could have just said it in those three or four words. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is an even better answer. If you want to know what Can Lines is, listen to the How I Became episode with Phil Thomas, where he tells <laughs> his life story and also the story of growing Can Lines to what it is today. Okay. He introduced us to Taban. Taban, on a more serious note, Taban's story, um, she was born in Iraq. She's Kurdish born in a Kurdish family and her father and therefore her family were on Saddam Hussein's most wanted list because her father was fighting in the Kurdish army effectively Mm -hmm. and um, was also a poet and so she gets arrested with her mother the police turn up at the door and take her and her mother and um, events transpire and this is during the genocide of the Kurdish people in Iraq. They took her and her mother from prison uh, out to a desert where they were going to be buried alive. The drivers change halfway through the journey because it was a long journey. The drivers that it changed to were Kurdish people. There was a a selection of Kurdish people who got inside of Saddam's um, sort of uh, army and were helping to free the Kurdish people. And um, they said they turned around and said, look, you need to run. We don't care where, but you just need to go and present, pretend you don't exist. And they're just in the middle of this desert and everybody just went off in different directions and then they had to survive from there. So, yeah, if you need some inspiration, mm. and like Ash said, if you're struggling one day and you just think, well, Taban got through that, I can probably get through this. <laughs> yeah, it's a good that's... one for that incredibly powerful and also it kind of makes me think about the the lessons that you must have to learn throughout the whole just creating of your podcast because yes there are these inspirational stories that you can take from individuals but how much are you learning by making a podcast yourselves that you can pass on to your clients what are you learning about the art of telling a story and the art of creativity in the podcast space through making it that is useful for your clients very good question i think an element of it is our approach and process because we don't just invite someone to a location and then start telling their story there 
we have a pre-call with them we really delve into their life the challenging moments the successes um and then start to start to look at how we draw out the most important elements of the story and i feel like that's it's very similar to creating a story for a brand or a client in terms of you want to pull out the most important elements of that story and convey them onto onto the screen so ash just picking up on your point around the power of kind of storytelling and the the kind of i guess sort of process for for building a story how can brands and agencies in particular approach that with audio in mind you know we've got a lot of established kind of templates and playbooks when it comes to you know the various kinds of visual media do those templates need to be adapted at all when it comes to working in an audio space you know given that there's a lot of sort of tools in the in the toolbox that you don't have access to without visuals in one way you don't have access to a certain amount of conventions you can use when you're not using visual but then it also allows you to really spend time to how you're going to capture that person's ear for the 30 seconds you may want it what are the sounds that are so familiar that someone's going to wait a moment or be taken to that place. Because sound is such a powerful medium mm. to take people on a journey. You know, with a sprinkle or a tinkle of rhyme in the spoken lines, you can create an experience that can leave a true message to reside. And also, <laughs> I so I like that. Um, just off the top of his head. Just I know, I love like that. that. That's, That's amazing. amazing. <laughs> It's a daily experience with us, poems galore. <laughs> and just on the subject of kind of the use of, of sound elements, um, thinking of, of things like that kind of iconic chime that you get at a start of a voice note in mm. iOS and using things like that, kind of the sort of sound cues that are an invisible part of our kind of daily existence that we may not even recognize how familiar we are with can those kinds of sonic branding be used more effectively in audio than they are in video do you think yes i certainly think so you know like even that sound of when you send a message on on iphone as well whoop, mm. that kind of thing it it clicks with us and by using a soundscape of those kinds of jingles and chimes it can transport us to somewhere and it's the same reason why you might hear an ad, you might not know who it's by, and then you hear at the end, do, 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 and you're like, ah, <laughs> right? It, it's there. It's it, it's it there in the psyche. And if you can pull on those elements, you can start to tell stories in a really interesting way that feel very familiar to the listener. Can you give us an example of um, working a time that you've worked with a client and you've kind of really pushed for uh, sort of an audio version for, for whatever they're campaigning for and what? what you did, how you worked with them to come up with the finished product. I'm I'm just trying to think about how it fits into a larger campaign, I guess, okay. podcast adverts. Well, I, can, I can think of a time where I really pushed forward on the sound design of a project that we had. Mm -hmm. It was when we were working with Reebok. It was a crossed project between Reebok and Sports Direct on a, on a, on a shoe that they'd created together. And the edit was great. It was working really well. It was very energetic, but then felt like, adding some more sound effects would give it that extra edge. And it was little things like some whooshes, 
there was a pause in the video where everyone kind of stops to take a breath and adding those and then kind of going back into the music just added that extra element that really pulls you into the piece and brings that emotional kind of kinesthetic element that we're all used to living through in our day-to-day lives in terms of that that visual element obviously you know unity in motion is very heavily invested in video creative from an advertising perspective if you're a podcast that that has a video element and you know like you guys does the the kind of talking heads thing um what elements can they take from the work of creative agencies like yourselves without necessarily going for the full kind of like you know location shooting top tier production quality uh sort of approach how can they incorporate elements of that sort of storytelling focus to deliver campaigns with a bigger impact i I think you've hit it on the head there in terms of you have really focus on um on storytelling because you can put a conversation together um and that might be what they want to do but if they want to bring some creativity involved that storytelling is a great way to do it it's so simple but it's something that we as humans have loved since the start of time, you know, is stories and it all, it works and it always will work because, but you have to really think about that story arc and, and create your beginning, beginning, middle and end. And it's just, which is why in our episodes, that is probably the thing we focus on the most is what is the um, story arc of this person's life? what are the crescendo moments what are the exciting moments that we want to build up to and and create um you know a a reaction in our audience because that 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 will really set your podcast above the rest if you're able to create an emotional reaction from your audience whether that's laughter whether that's suspense whether that's surprise um you know that is what you're looking for and that's what storytelling can do creativity can do do you think the the value of having something that you can personalise for each of your guests, so for example, like your poems, Ash, that you do at the beginning, or with Doak again, like their trailers, or with Where There's a Will, There's a Wake, they have um, this kind of beautiful choral singing of the guest's name. Do you think that's something that actually goes quite a long way in the the branding of a podcast? Yeah, I, I would say that was a very does. leading question, wasn't it? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's great. How you Isn't it, Ashley? It Back up my point, please, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I think it does because it creates that differentiation. Sometimes it only has to be a small thing. Sometimes it can be something a bit more crafted, but it does mm. then allow someone to say, oh, did you have you listened to this podcast where they do this in it? And it's really cool. Mm. I think you should check it out. Um, I've actually created a poem for our session today. Which, hey, which amazing! Share, um, perhaps, perhaps at the end oh now as we're in flow. No, no, let's, let's do it now. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I did prepare it for the start, but we kind of got into things, so I've I've changed <laughs> a few little words to make it work oh a bit God. more. But as we've been we recording, go. incredible. Welcome, one and all, for this episode. We have some key perspectives to share. Charles and I, usually the hosts of How I Became, but today with a guest-featured pair. As we talk on the Pod Pod podcast, where topics and tales unfold, 
sharing a taste of my poetry and lyricism to provide some narrative gold. Today's topic, advertisements in podcasts, we have let our perspectives extend, a meetings of minds, thoughts and reflections in an arena where perspectives shall blend. We have waltzed left and right on advertising stance, engaging stories to tell in this great world of podcasts where creative narratives swell. That is fantastic. That was so beautiful. I love that. That is the most creative I think anyone has ever been on Podpod. <laughs> That's a great title to have. Hands down. <laughs> so, um, yeah, going back to your original point, I do think that having a convention like that <laughs> can create... Um, can create a pool for people to kind of have something as Charles said before once a podcast or a piece a content campaign can become part of someone's routine mm. there can be a gift in there every seven days for them to be engaged with it does is there like a tipping point Charles when a brand kind of monetizes emotive content and makes it a little bit icky is that something that you know advertisers are trying to avoid a bit more now or do you think they're very much still leaning into that yeah i think this is this is where it becomes about authenticity right you know which is you know it might be talked about a lot but it's incredibly important Mm. so it should be and that's um again i think what is the amazing opportunity in the world of podcasting is it is a fantastic opportunity to be authentic and um and advertise in a really authentic manner because you can, if your brand is genuinely aligned or the product or what you're pushing is genuinely aligned with what that person or that podcast is about. Um, it's just a really nice harmony there of, of, uh, of authenticity. If you've got a fitness podcast that has a, and a fitness brand that wants to promote their uh, products, it's, it's a nice match. It's sort of, I understand the idea of putting um, like a, a sporting brand on a fitness podcast, but when it's something that, you know, a mattress, for example, there aren't many podcasts about mattresses. So, and we've all heard those adverts. So, you know, if, if you're taking a product like that and you're inserting it into a podcast that has got nothing to do with something, how do you make somebody passionate about that? How do you make that authentic? Mm. I think this is this is where host reads come in, you know, because that, and then then it become becomes about the host. So the host could say, "Yeah, all right, mattress company, I'll do this for you," and they could either do this in a really authentic way or 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 non, and say, <laughs> oh, "It sounds so cheesy in my head, but I'm gonna say it anyway." Like, um, you know. <laughs> I've been getting great sleep the last few weeks and that's thanks to Blah Blah Mattress Company um, who I've been wearing, trying them out and they have been great. And so you can tailor it into the person's life, whoever's hold, hosting the interview. And if they're genuinely using it and they genuinely love it, I think that will come through, especially with the audience that knows them. They'll know if you're BSing and they'll know if you're not mm. Um and then that's sort of a whole other question about, you know, yeah, create content creators and whether they're what they're sponsoring, they genuinely use or believe in or not. Yeah. Mm. 
Well, we are almost out of time here, but before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask you both uh, one quick question. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell us about your favorite use of audio from a creative perspective within advertising. It doesn't have to be on podcasting, but what is your favorite bit of audio creative that you've seen? Uh, so to give you an example, my one and one that's always stuck in my memory is, I believe it was the Honda advert with the choir doing the car noises, all uh, acapella, oh, yes. which is uh, a fantastic ad. But I, I think from a from a creative perspective, that is an excellent. Uh, an excellent use of audio and something that I think could potentially have worked very nicely as a podcast campaign had podcasts been a thing at the time. Mm. That, that was, that's a great example. That's a that great example. Brilliant. Through this conversation, we've been talking about different ads and I was on a board last year um, through the advertising association where I got to um, judge on, I think it was 271 ads that had come out that year all sorts of things from the big McDonald's to other smaller things. And I think one of the ads that really stood out to me was the Airbnb ad. I don't know if anyone's seen it where um, strangers don't have to be monsters or scary, I believe it is, where mm. a door opens and you've got these furry monsters kind of doing what yeah. they do, what you do on a family holiday. Mm-hmm. And then just at the end where they're leaving the house, the door opens and as it closes, you see through the window that they were just a normal family. And it comes up with like, you know, strangers don't have to be scary. I feel like there could be something really cool they could do with that to convert it into an audio ad, like kind of big monstrous rumbles and crashes yeah. and stuff. And at the end, it kind of turns into, oh, that, was a, great, that was a great time at the beach. Every yeah. Day. Something yeah, like that yeah. I think would be really cool to convert into audio. I've got one. It's an ad I saw recently and... Uh... I know the agency behind it was an agency called Butterfly Effect that I want to shout out, which is co-founded by Alfred Samba, who's the ex-head of social for Gymshark, who's really behind all of their influencer campaigns and um, a big instrumental part of their growth. And um, so he launched an agency called Butterfly Effect and they just did one for Bumble. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's... So just go and look at, search it up and find it. I won't do any spoilers, but there's a great moment where a woman is eating cereal and there's a great bit of audio in that. Uh, and it's a very funny outtake at the end. So that is my tentative link to your question. And you can also hear Alfred's um, story of how he became CEO and co-founder of of the butterfly effects on how it became because that's the next episode coming out. Oh, oh nice lovely! Oh, the end. <laughs> Come on, that was pretty good. So well done. <laughs> Professional at work. <laughs> Charles and Ashley, thank you so much for chatting to us. It's been a real pleasure. And Ashley, special thanks for that beautiful poem. We really appreciate welcome. that. Thank that you for having us. Going I on really the trail. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. So that was Charles Parkinson and Ashley Samuels McKenzie from Unity in Motion and How I Became. 
First things first, how great was that poem? I thought I thought it was great. I mean, I've no one has ever done that on the podcast before, written something special for us. Um, so it was a nice way to to show their creativity on our show. Mm, it's a lovely personal touch that, uh, yeah, that is surprisingly endearing. I thought there's a lot of times where you realise that people stick to formulae, and there's a lot of prose and a bit of poetry is a good contrast uh, we had something in campaign recently where we have what's called the question of the week ask uh, different industry people for their responses and they always tend to write something at our request of sort of 150 200 words uh, but one of the answers we got was a poem and it was great it just immediately made you go okay this is someone has really made an effort here it's a great example of creativity, but one thing that stood out to me lately, uh, and it's something we touched on in the interview, is the lack of creative strategy in podcast advertising, and particularly the lack of storytelling. Now, that statement may ruffle a few feathers, but what I mean by that is in other formats. I'm thinking particularly of TV and radio, there's a lot more emphasis on the narrative of uh, an advertisement or an ad campaign in the way that we're seeing a lot of, particularly at the moment, with things like Christmas ads. I mean, I've, I've written a column about this recently, about why advertisers are so afraid of being creative. Um, and it was uh, talking more about the fact that uh, podcast advertising has so much blank space. There's not really a lot of examples of what people are doing. And that gives a lot of freedom and advantage for advertisers to be as creative as they want and to experiment with different things, even if they don't always work out, but just to, to see what works for them. Um, instead of relying on a certain history and following certain things that other people have done, like like you would with TV or with radio. Um, and I think so many advertisers are actually just scared of that because there isn't that history. But I think they need to understand that po- the reason podcasts are so great is because of their authenticity and because of the creativity and, and because of how unique this medium is. And working with the hosts and working with the podcast can actually achieve great things and you can reach really highly engaged fans and there's a lot of examples out there of people who've done that really well so for example we have case studies on the pop pod website um on uh places like brew dog for example and their partnership with that Peter couch podcast and that's a great example i think of a podcast advertising campaign that went beyond the traditional format they've even like uh, created their own beer and and off of the podcast and sold it um and and that really paid off so adam i find it interesting because there's there's multiple layers to this so if we just take the you know discussion with uh, ashley and charles you know one of the things they were talking about is how audio is a little bit more mysterious you know and how the visual element really helps is why they have video clips of their and videos of their interviews uh although again ashley made a really good point you don't just want to just plonk a camera in front of someone. If you're going to create something visually exciting in a world where people have three seconds, then, yeah, you need to think about the lighting, the positioning of the cameras. Kind of obvious stuff, but it's easy to forget. You can't just stick a camera there. Um, but I also thought what uh, we 
a couple of weeks ago heard from Vicky Handley from Lloyd's Banking Group on the podcast on on Pop Pod and actually she was talking about how some of those brand storytelling ideas work well in podcasts and of course we it's important to mention branded podcasts are a great example of really long form storytelling and you know I think sometimes we forget that of course, these short ads of 15, 20, 30 seconds, they are very important. But actually, a lot of brands are going for that longer form narrative because maybe exactly as Reem is saying, you want to tell a story, you want to try and kind of get into someone's brain that doesn't, it's very hard to achieve in 30 seconds. And probably if you are going to achieve it in 30 seconds, you would like some video elements to it or to reinforce a video story you've already seen. So I think it's complicated and we should think that somehow there's a reason why video is still the primary way that we communicate. Our eyes are very powerful. But there are a lot of big advertisers who are investing in in podcasts. You know, uh, Libby Foster from Seven Stars was, was telling us uh, at the Growth Summit about some of the different varieties of brands uh, outside the usual kind of direct response advertisers that have been getting into the space. But so far, comparatively few of them have been taking the same approach with podcasts that they would for more visual formats. And personally, I think that is a missed opportunity. Adam, do you feel that there needs to be maybe some awards that recognise excellence in audio advertising to inspire everyone? Do you know? I think I do think that. Um, of course, we have the uh, audio advertising awards coming up. The standard deadline uh, for which is the 18th of January. Um, that is hopefully something that we can use to spotlight some of the excellent work that is being done. Uh, in in this space and demonstrate to advertisers the the possibilities that that they have open to them uh, by colouring outside the lines, as it were, and sort of breaking some of the established conventions. You're not necessarily targeting everyone, but you are targeting an audience that is very highly engaged. And the more niche that you go, um, the better the engagement that you will get. So if you find something that reflects your brand's identity and you work collaboratively with the host, and I think that needs emphasis, working collaboratively, because um, they know their audience more than your brand will know their audience, um, then you're going to get great results. And it needs time and investment. And at the end of the day, it's going to be more cost-effective than doing a wider campaign um, if you just focus all your energy on, on one show and, and, one, and one audience. So it's worth trying if you're able to do your research and really commit. Well, if you want to learn more about optimizing your podcast advertising strategy, don't forget to register now for your tickets to the Podcast Advertising Summit at the end of January next year. Sadly, that is all we've got time for on this week's episode of PodPod, but we will be back next week with more insights. You can sign up to PodPod's daily newsletter and follow us on social media at PodPodOfficial. Thanks to Charles and Ash for joining us. Thanks to Gideon and Reem for joining me. And thank you for listening. I've been Adam Shepard and this has been PodPod, produced by Ollie Pert for Haymarket Business Media. <laughs>